I would bet probably most of us have been peer pressured to do something. Maybe our time or two or 20 or 30, I don't know. But peer pressure, and I think that's the thing about peer pressure, it's not necessarily always bad, is it? But sometimes it is horrible. But peer pressure itself is one of those things where the other person is trying to basically get you to do something that they want you to do. That they want you to do this or they want you to do that for whatever reason, who knows? And they keep on, if you will, pestering until you listen. Or quite honestly, you just ignore them completely and they stop trying. But I think this peer pressure is exactly what we hear in the first reading today and in the gospel with the devil. That the devil was peer pressuring Eve to take of the fruit, saying, oh, it's not that bad, it's not that horrible, it, it's good, you, you'll be, you get all this wisdom and understanding, you'll be great. God's just trying to keep that away from you. And then we hear in the gospel very much so, the devil tempting Jesus himself, saying, hey, I give you all these kingdoms, I give you all this, you won't even strike your foot against a stone. Just basically come and listen and do what I want. That is that peer pressure that ultimately the devil that Satan does to everybody. It's not just Jesus, it's just not Eve. But it's truly everybody almost on a daily basis, if not almost every hour type of thing. Because this peer pressure is very much what the devil wants us to do. The devil's pressuring us to sin. The devil is trying to get us away from God. The devil is trying us to get, quite honestly, to stay away from being holy. That is very much the devil's job. That's his job. The reason why he chose to go away from God is because he wanted to take people away from God. That he wanted to steal them away. That he wanted us to be away from our Creator. Because in the end, that's where he feels happiness, where he thinks it's better if he can steal someone from God. But I think that's not the end of the story, slash, not even close. That not only did that finish there, that we're all under the devil's temptation, but truly, as we are journeying in this Lenten season towards God, that we're journeying towards Christ's death, crucif or crucifixion, death, and resurrection. That we're going along, that that that's, didn't finish it, the devil quite honestly has no power of it because Christ did do that for us. That Christ came and conquered sin to give us the possibility to kind of say no to the devil, to give us that strength, to give us that grace, to give us the point where we can say, hey, no. That especially with all this stuff, that all that is going on, all this sin, Yes, it's at times can be hard to say no, but that does not mean it's impossible. And that truly where it lies. That yes, sure, I'm sure most of us have habitual sins that we do over and over again. That we keep on committing no matter how hard we try to stop it. That is truly devil knowing, quite honestly, how to get every single person. It's like, hey, if I tempt this person, they're going to they're gonna sin. If I tempt it this way, they're going to sin. But as we also know with peer pressure, that it's not the person who does the peer pressure is at fault, are they? It's truly the person who chose to do it. Yes, the person shouldn't have been peer pressuring, but in the end, it's our own choice that we sinned, that it was our own choosing it. It was us going away from God. 
But like I said, it doesn't finish there. He didn't just say, okay, you left me, I'm gone, bye. He truly came to say, that's okay, let's try over again. To show you mercy, to show you love, to basically kind of bring us back to him. That's the love that God has for everyone. Even the people who do not worship him, people who hate him, he still does that. I think that's the beauty of the love that we have as our Lord in Christ. That he's willing to say, okay, yes, you sinned. Okay, let's move forward. A lot easier, quite honestly, for God to say that than some of us, right? Some of us keep that sin within our hearts, say, oh no, I did this, I'm a horrible, horrible person. But that's not in the eyes of God. God loves every single person no matter what. Yes, we go off the path. Yes, we sin. Yes, we don't follow him all the time. But in the end, that doesn't matter to him because he truly wants us to be with him, to love him as we love, quite honestly, anyone but more. That's the beauty of our Lord that we serve. And I think Lent is a perfect time for that to kind of, if you will, refocus ourselves, right? Because most of the time, we tend to just go off on the beaten path, and we tend to kind of just go away from God. That Lent is the time to focus us on Him. And as we hear in the Gospel reading about Jesus fast, fasting, that's kind of fasting that we all are doing and what we're called to do during Lent. That it's the fasting in the sense that I think we all completely understand is what we did on Ash Wednesday, right? The fasting of less meals and various things like that. But there's also another element of fasting. I don't think we necessarily make that connection, but there is a connection. Is that the fasting of whatever we give up for Lent. Say it's sweets, say it's candy, say it's television, say it's who knows what. That that's the fasting from that object, and the whole purpose of that is quite honestly to train ourselves to kind of say no. To train ourselves to say, hey, we can say no to candy, we can say no to this, we can say no to that. That most of the time, everybody, for the most part, can do it fairly well. That is training us to say no, so when we are tempted by the devil, when we are tempted by Satan, that we can say no to it as well, which is going back to the whole part that it's not impossible to say no from temptation, to get away from sin. That in the end, Lent is trying to help us to fast from certain things so we can say no to bigger things. It's not just something to say, hey, the church tells you to do it. But it's truly something that is good for us. So we can remove whatever it is so we can take in place of that time to add more going closer to Christ. And two, kind of the reverse of this, is when we add something. If we're adding prayer, if we're adding scriptures, if we're adding reading, whatever it is, that's taking less, that's taking more time away from other things that are getting us away from God, that is getting us, quite honestly, that will push off, that is getting us to basically say, okay, I'm going to focus on, upon God. That is the other aspect of fasting I think I want to include because it's very much true. It's not just fasting from food but also fasting from our own desires. Fasting from basically trying to make our desires more controllable. 
Because in the end, if we can control our desires, more likely we can control sin. Be able to say no, to go towards Christ. And that's the important part, especially with the first and second reading. Is that yes, the devil does tempt us. Yes, the devil does say, hey, why don't you do this? But Lent is that season to say no to it. To focus upon it. And to say no. Because in the end, the closer we get to God, the better. But then we have a God. If we do happen to fall, if we do happen to move away, he welcomes us back with open arms. No questions asked. He just wants to show everybody love and mercy. I think that's something to think and to ponder as we basically start Lent. It's how can you say no to peer pressure from the devil to go into the warm embrace of our Lord and Savior?